Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Happy Thursday to everybody out there. I want to remind you about our friends at RGS Exteriors. They'll, uh, they will improve curb appeal for your house with James Hardy Brickstone and Stucco Exteriors, along with Soffit Fascia and Rain Gutters. Check them out at rgsutahsiding.com. That's rgsutahsiding.com. Uh, Gordon, your uh, column... Making waves out there, and we'll talk a little spring ball uh, coming up here in a moment, but definitely want to revisit it because it's not only big sports news, and we can talk about the sports connection here, but it's also big news news. Uh, If you look at the trending section of the Salt Lake Tribune, let's see, the top three are all uh, in regards to uh, what's happened or what happened yesterday with BYU mm, clarifying or not clarifying their stance on Adjusting or not adjusting the honor code for their education system? No, I think it's been adjusted. That message was sent. It's just that the language that was used. You know, usually when you, when someone is hitting you with the letter of the law, you feel like, oh wow, I really gotta, I really gotta comply. But when somebody hits you with the spirit of the law, and that's the, the language in this uh, this this letter, whatever it was, sent to the students and the faculty, it's almost worse because. He, it's it's somewhat nebulous. You're not exactly sure what you can, where you can go with it. But anyway, the point is that BYU has come out, or the church educational system has come out, and seems to be pointing at the uh, situation that these demonstrations of uh, physical intimacy, uh, as far as uh, homosexual feelings go, is uh, being. Uh, strongly discouraged and so i you know people say when we talk about this they think okay what's that got to do with sports well byu already was hurt by this the way the uh, code was originally uh by not being able to get into the big 12 and that might not be the only reason but it was definitely notable so what does that mean for the future with byu sports now that this position seems to be reinforced it makes me wonder whether BYU will – what's going to happen with BYU sports moving forward? What happens if schools – if the pressure gets to the point where schools don't want to schedule BYU anymore? I could see that happening, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got students down there at BYU who are demonstrating, who are protesting about this. So you got pressure from the outside. There might be some that are demonstrating or protesting against those who are protesting. So it seems to be a division down there to some extent. But I, if there's problems from within, well, the problems that are going to come from without might be even more severe. So it's it's a mess. Um, just looking at this from a PR perspective, because that's where I, I feel comfortable looking at it, honestly. Uh, when it comes to sports, because it is PR, right? You want to tell the other P5 conferences and the other schools there, you want to alleviate concern and say, we do not discriminate. These are our actions that back up that 
take, right? That's that's the PR message that you want to send if you're BYU when it comes to sports. Right. Don't let this hold you back from including us from a sports standpoint because our university is inclusive and our sports are packed or Pac-12, Big 12 worthy. I mean, that's the message you want to send, right? Because they're, when they take BYU, they're not just taking the football team, they're taking the whole university. And if you believe some folks out there, it's the whole reason they're not in the, in the Pac-12. Not because of the sports program, but because of the entire university. So from a PR standpoint, you want to communicate that, hey, those whole reasons why you were leaving us out, well, you don't need to worry about those. Right? I mean, right, yeah. bottom line, right? Right. So from a PR standpoint, this looks bad for BYU because it looks like what they tried to do was manipulate public relations by saying, hey, guess what? We're making these changes, but you weren't really making the changes. Well, apparently not, and based then, on what this is saying. And then when you see the ramifications of those changes, you go, whoa, whoa, whoa hey, oh, that's not what we meant. And then you try to fix it by releasing an even more ambiguous statement, almost trying to hold on to the PR. Like, yes, we are being inclusive, I swear, but not when it comes to holding hands. That this, so that's that's the issue when it comes to sports is is if inclusiveness as a university is going to be an issue when it comes to inclusiveness into another conference. Well, that's where the rubber meets the road now, isn't it? And this is not going to get that done. This is not going to alleviate those concerns because they backtracked on it. Well, you I co- guess you covered a lot of ground there, but the whole idea of whatever the heck it is that same sex romantic behavior means. That's that, that's where it gets kind of – you just don't know exactly what that means. And the, the, I thought the, the genius of what they did earlier was that's what Notre Dame did. That's what Baylor did. They softened the language of their honor codes to make it more inclusive, to make, it, to make uh, everybody feel valued and safe. And now making this kind of statement makes people uncomfortable. And that's an issue, not just, like I said, from the, on the outside, but from the inside, too. I wonder whether this would, would, has the potential to affect recruiting. Um, my short answer would be yes, but how do you mean? Uh, I, I just mean if you're an athlete and there's some bad pub going with, uh, with BYU that uh, things are – Enforced in a manner you don't agree with, you say, "Man, okay, I don't want to. I don't want to go there." BYU is a terrific school that has a lot to offer. It has a lot going on down there. That's why this kind of thing just seems like it gets in the way. It doesn't have to be this way, and yet it seems like some people want it to be that way. So, and I think there is a division down there on that campus uh, among students and faculty. Some want that. They call it with holding up their moral standard and others look at it like no you don't have to do that you know you, you preach what you preach but don't swing the hammer on people who want to hold hands you know i mean so it's just uh for a lot of people that's unnecessary they don't want to see that spelled out that way as i said earlier if two lds people are walking down the street and they happen to be the same sex and they're holding hands i don't think anybody's going to report them to the stake president or the bishop if that's happened i've never heard of it but at byu if you do it, it sounds like you could get reported and hauled into the honor code office even the honor code people based on what the students who were interviewed down there said that after the first 
revision that they were told that they this would be permitted, that this would be allowed, the hand-holding, the kissing, as long as they lived to chase life beyond that. But now someone came in and said, don't want to have that. I don't know if this uh, will have a negative, getting back to your question, a negative effect on recruiting from, um, you know, I don't want to go there because of the way they treat uh, homosexuals because that's been around for a long time. So if that was going to affect recruiting, it's probably had that effect by now, right? But, it, but, this, but, but when this I, underscores it. This but, kind of, this kind of uh, stumbling and bumbling around with it, I think it's made it worse. Well, I think anything that calls to attention the punishments that could come from breaking the honor code in the actual honor code office will have an effect on recruiting. That's where I think it is, is you're bringing attention to the fact that they have a police force out there enforcing every little thing. And that even if it's a mistake, like you were holding hands with a teammate at the library, that it could bring you under extra scrutiny, which as a football player adds even additional scrutiny because you're a, basically a public figure. Yeah. So that's that's where I— it, But I mean from a principal standpoint, somebody might say, hey, I don't want to be a part of that because I don't like that stance. I think there are those, those players are already not going to be why you— hmm. Well, obviously, there are students at BYU who, you know, had some indication that that's the way it was and who are extremely disappointed. Right yeah, because now. they had two weeks of not having to hide and now they have to hide again. So this that's the other part of this we haven't really talked about, the hiding. So now you drive it underground. Well, yeah, we we talked about the BYU underground a few weeks ago. Mm hmm. I do think that there, this is harmful for BYU's image around the country. And some people, and I've heard from a lot of people already on this, on various sides of this, and they say, BYU doesn't care what anybody thinks. You know, they're upholding their standard and they're enforcing their standard. I just think it's more complicated than that because you can show people love and appreciation and acceptance uh, and still still have your church doctrine. You know, I, I, I think a lot of it is the way this is approached. Because if you're holding hands, are you really, are you living an unchaste life? I don't think so. Um, are you? No, you're not. I don't think so. I mean, I, I guess I, that's my take on it. Well, I mean, I certainly don't think that, but... I mean, <laughs> my my line of thinking and BYU's are, are totally different. So sometimes I, I feel it's not my place to jump jump in and make those kind of judgments. I just but. wonder how many people are staunch believers in the faith who have a problem with the way the church educational system is handling this. I'm sure those exist. Oh yeah, I've heard from them. Yeah, <laughs> but they're and also, not, and we're not talking about rabble rousers. We're not talking about people who want to take anything down or make anything, you know, make a stink about everything. They're, these are people who care deeply about their faith and care deeply about uh, about the way that faith is perceived. They want to be a part of it, but they don't want to be a part of this part of it. Well, there's also plenty of people on the other side of the coin who believe they need to protect the BYU culture. Because I've seen that online, too, and I'm sure you have as well. I'm sure it's all over the comments section on uh, on your column right now. So, I mean, those that side of the argument exists as well. Whether you side with it or not, that's there. 
And obviously somebody wants to protect that or else we wouldn't have seen the overcorrection yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <clears throat> the Trib had a fairly iconic photo of two young ladies kissing in front of the Brigham Young, uh, statue. Br- Brigham Young statue. I'm sure somebody downtown, just a couple of blocks from where we're sitting right now, had an interesting reaction to that photo, right? I, I, have, I have a hunch, and I, don't, I hope this isn't irresponsible for me to say this. I do not know this. This is a bit of a guess. Should I venture in this direction? I think there, I suspect there might be disagreement uh, in the leadership of the church on this stuff. Hmm. I think, and I don't know this for a fact, I've not talked with any of those guys personally, but I think there are some who are a little more uh, open and, uh, I'll I'll use the word liberal, I'm not sure that's what I mean, but uh, maybe not quite so staunchly conservative as some of the others. And there might be you know, some back and forth with this stuff. And maybe that's why it's, it seems to me like the BYU Honor Code uh, office got thrown under the bus on this a little bit because they were the ones that were telling, apparently, reportedly, that uh, students could could go ahead and show, show some demonstration of affection. And now this is, uh, this is kind of coming back to... Uh, to bite them because now they're suggesting that that is inappropriate. And so, I mean, there's been back and forth on it at that level. So I think there's probably been some back and forth on it on every level, but that's just a guess on my part. What about if you're walking down campus and you do the high school thing where you have your hand in their back pocket? Is that a high school thing? I don't know. That's when uh, I first noticed it. Huh. What? Yeah, you put your hand in the pocket of your partner. Yeah, the back pocket. Why did no one tell me this? You've never done that with Whitney? Well, yeah, but not in high school. I didn't know that was allowed. In the pocket? I didn't know. I don't know. It's just a pocket. That would have been my argument, I suppose. <laughs> when you were being grilled in the honor code office under under those fluorescent lights. At Leighton lights. High? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Public see. display of affection. <laughs> huh? All right, I'm just wondering. I mean... What do you call that? What do you call that? A pocket grab? What was that? Well, I'm not grabbing anything. It's just premarital pocket holding. <laughs> All right. You were just slipping your hand in the pocket. Yeah, right. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. It sounds all right to me, but I I don't know. I'm not. That's Should we outside, try it? That's outside my jurisdiction. Should we see how it goes? What, you and me go yeah. down to BYU and Let's... you put your hand in my pocket? Well, and then you're, yours and mine, and we do... <laughs> Oh, is that how like tandem pocket? Yeah, right. Oh, I thought it was just one person. No, it's it's both. It's the, Man, I got a lot to learn. Right, well, we're we're not students, so I mean, if, I mean, would they throw us off campus? I don't know. Could they? I don't know, Jake. I've always seen you as a handsome man, but I don't know. Let's give really... it a shot. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. So they've got. You don't can write a column about it. <laughs> don't they have designated uh, smoking areas on BYU's campus? Really. I, th- I think they do for, like, visitors that want to have a smoke. They do? They used to. I'd have to update make sure they haven't done away with it, but they I know they used to. Where was what, it? Uh, I don't know where it was, but I know they had them. Huh. Uh, so why wouldn't they then have designated well, hand-holding areas? Is, and, <laughs> is there an area where you could go to, like, knock back uh, some brews? I don't know. I promise you they had. They used to. I don't know if they still do, but they had designated smoking areas. Hmm. Who knew? Not me.
Well, maybe... I don't know why I knew. Yeah, I don't either. How did you used to slip on it? Hey, 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 hey. Because <laughs> that would be an interesting question to ask somebody down there. Hey, I... I'm I, I've got my pack of Pall Malls here, and I'm I'm looking for a spot where I can smoke them. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just thinking about all the students who are down at BYU, many of whom are trying to live you know good lives according to the what the rules are down there and whatnot. They've who, done away with it, by the way. Who, they used to. It's no longer allowed. To. Who uh, who you know slip up left and right? Wait, what are we talking about now? Students down there who fall short of what the standard is, standards are. And what about them? Well, it happens all the time. You don't say. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a whole office. That Just says. ask all those students' roommates. They'll tell you. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. All right, joining us now oh, in studio, man. we'll get to a jazz conversation coming up right on the corner. Stay tuned. But our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic is here, and he's here to help you with your relationship and your significant other. We are. Wasatch Medical has a new treatment for ED that is changing the lives of thousands, literally thousands of people. Uh, it's not a pill. It's not injections. It opens up and increases blood flow. Um, so you end up with more blood flow when you want it, where you want it. Um, I've got one more study to read for you because right. I think I think it's excellent that guys hear the science Let's and hear, it. hear the data. Um, so this study, uh, sciencedirect.com, they did a huge study, 800 guys. 85% of guys succeeded in getting back to normal function in the bedroom. Wow. Here's what's cool. 91.7% maintained that after 36 months. Oh, wow. Really impressive, I think, that not only is this a good result, you know, in the bedroom, it lasts. Yeah, it's a long the time. The pill is, yeah, you're going to be taking that for the rest of your life. This is multiple years of effect. All right. And if you're curious as if you would be a candidate, 801-901-8000, you guys are doing a free consultation, but odds are you are a good candidate. Yeah. It's very likely that you are. If you're listening to this and things aren't quite what they what you want them to be in the bedroom, um, you are just in case, though. Call us now. We'll do an analysis, an exam, and a screening with the doctor. Uh, that's meant to make sure that you're a good candidate. Answer your questions. Uh, there's no obligation, by the way. Good information to come in, and it's totally free. 801-901-8000. Call them today. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I've been so far. I keep it up. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with James Hardy, Brickstone, and Stucco Exteriors, along with Soffit, Fascia, and Rain Gutters. Check them out at rgsutahsiding.com. That's rgsutahsiding.com. Nice to have your house in tip-top shape. Right? That is true. When you drive home from work today, Jake, you drive up in that driveway and you look at your house and you go, like Fonz, looking at himself in the mirror. Voila. There it is. That's you what wanna, you think. You want to feel good walking into your house, right? And I know you've put some work into it, so uh, good on you. Recently, uh, we've put a little bit of uh, of work into it. Anywho. You got a lot more to go? Or oh, yeah. We got a, done? No, we got a lot. Like you go. vacuumed or more? <laughs> no, we've done some minor stuff, but yeah, we got, a, we got a long way to go. 
Oh, well, I know you, you know, admire your no, palace every joy, day. No, that's coming the home joy of it is like, knowing oh. sweat equity that you have contributed to the to the way that house looks. Like when the freezer that's gets a I, jar. That's what I feel. How much sweat equity have you put into your house? <laughs> well, I paid for it, didn't I? Not what I asked. <laughs> what, what I don't think it? you you stole your new back deck. <laughs> Uh, what was the question? <laughs> How much actual sweat <laughs> equity? How much are you sweating um, while you write a column? Um, take uh-huh. it back to you on that. I've I spread the mulch. No, you didn't. I did. He did spread it. Oh, he just I'm didn't, sorry. He just You're didn't right. move it. <laughs> and by spread I, it, he kicked it around with his foot a bit. I, Correct. No, no, yes, I that's moved, exactly I right. I a few of those bags. No, you did not. Because if you did, that, that's this is the first we're hearing no, of it. No, I, he I, moved I, I a few of the empty bags. Because remember, no. <laughs> you were you were napping in your office when that was yes. happening. Remember? Uh, I wish that weren't true. But I I got down there in time to move a few. <laughs> My wife did such a good job of uh, hauling those bags, and you know, they were like hundred pound bags, and. <laughs> She did really, really well, and and, and she seemed to, uh, you know, with her eye, she measured how many bags should be in which area, and was quite impressive. I got a column to write. I love you, Gordon. <laughs> the honor code's on the fritz again. <laughs> you, are, you are the best. Oh man. Oh man. Do what you can. Make your house look good. Yeah. Do do what you can. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> All right, Gordon. Pay for it. The Utah Jazz are in Boston tomorrow. If you're just tuning into the show, Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward will not be playing for the Boston Celtics. Uh, so it's not as stiff a challenge as it would have been otherwise, but it still still would be a nice victory for the Jazz going into somebody else's place like that, like the Celtics, and and, and stealing a victory. It would it would firmly place the Jazz back in the middle of the uh, road that they want to be on. And right now, we don't have enough evidence to, to draw conclusions about this team. That's what, as much for the 20, over these 20 games, figuring out you know where their playoff position will be, we sort of want to know what we're looking at here. And right now, amazingly enough, we don't really know. I think that a win over Boston would be huge for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, when you're talking about where they just need wins, they need confidence. But Boston is not a team even missing those guys that they match match up particularly well with. Actually, losing Al Horford turned out to be kind of a blessing for Boston because now they aren't kind of saddled with that big where they can play five out and they have some flexibility. And Ennis will play in limited situations where they actually need somebody who can rebound. But other than that, they can throw different— They can score the ball, too. He can, but they do—I mean, that's not exactly what they need him to do, per se. But I get get what you're getting at. Point being, I think the Jazz have been schemed into some losses lately. I'm not— I'm not blaming it solely on that, but I do think when the the other team specifically game plans to take Rudy out of it on both sides of the ball, I think that's been really challenging for the Jazz, and I absolutely expect Boston to do that again. Well, and I want to see team, how they. That's what every team tries to do. It's now. not what the Knicks tried to well, do because the Knicks don't have the personnel to do that. Yeah, that's true. And it's kind, they kind of tried. I mean, that's what. That's the, but they, you're right; they don't have the the capability of it. But but you know who did it to the Jazz was the, the, the Phoenix Suns 
because DeAndre Ayton got in foul trouble at the beginning of the second half, so they were forced to play five out, and that's when they went on their run and absolutely took the Jazz apart. But I'm not sure that's a representative sample. That was just a horrible night. Maybe it's not, but I think it's still a challenge that they're facing, and they're going to have to figure that out, particularly because there's a likelihood, maybe not likelihood, certainly a chance, if not a strong one, that they're going to get Houston in the first round. And if they get Houston in the first round, you have to figure that out. So that that still kind of looms out there to me. How can you make Rudy effective even when he's at the top of the other team's game plan? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's huge, especially against a team like that. When was the last time the Jazz played the same team in the playoffs three years straight? Was it the Lakers? I think it was the Rockets, but back in the D-Will. Oh, no, no, they did play the Lakers three years in a row in the yeah. D-Will Boozer era, but then they they played the Rockets at least two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, well, this would be three if that's the way it turns out. And I, I agree with you. that There's a high likelihood that that could happen. Oh, man. Do we really want to go through that again, watching that? No, that's the last thing I want to see. But that there certainly is a pretty strong possibility that, that that may happen. Would you I, rather see the Jazz against the Lakers? Oh, yeah. Why is that? Because I, don't, I hate watching the Rockets. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> or the Clippers. I think those would be greater challenges. Well, you didn't ask me what the challenge was. You asked me who I'd rather see. Yeah, okay. I don't want to see the Rockets. No thanks. And the Jazz are just clunky against the Rockets. That's part of it too. You know, if you're if you're playing at your best and the other team's playing at their best and you happen to lose a series, I mean, so be it. But it's they look clunky against the Rockets because it's a bad matchup and it's a bad game plan for what the Jazz want to do, and it's made it ugly. And I don't I don't need to see that again. Remember last year in the playoffs, uh, having someone play behind James Harden. Which was a smart idea. <laughs> it was just weird. It right, and you know they they the Rockets did it to the Jazz the last two years where they took Rudy out of the series. They made him ineffective. I wonder if the uh, I wonder if the shooters the Jazz have now what kind of difference that'll make with Bogdanovich being available. And I don't know whether Joe Ingles wants to shoot anymore. I don't think shooters are just the problem though, or were just the problem last year. Well, yeah, Joe couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, and they were leaving him. Uh, they were giving him the opportunity to shoot. I don't think that that was entirely. They were giving the Jay Crowder the opportunity to shoot too. Maybe, but Joe, they took away his left hand. He even admitted that that he never had his left hand took away, taken away from him, and they took away the pick and roll from the Jazz entirely. And that's their offense is the pick and roll. <laughs> And so you could well, say they lack shooting against Houston. I'd say more accurately, they lacked uh, players who can go one on one with yeah, the basketball and make too. shots. The ball kept go- when the ball would go to Donovan Mitchell, and he wanted to impose his will on a game. He's facing three different defenders at a time, and you'd think he would be able to find somebody who's open who could score. And he sometimes found guys who were open, but they didn't score often enough. See the the switching defense though; nobody's open because you don't leave anybody. That's the problem. Okay, I, that's why you I'm saying that I don't think shooting was a in, favorable matchup. I don't think shooting was entirely their problem against Houston. It's the way that Houston plays the Jazz. No, because then you're you're conceding too much to the to the Rockets. You're saying that okay, if there's a man in your neighborhood, then you can't score. That shouldn't be the way it is. Um, Just because you're covered by someone, 
It's a big deal. It's the whole Someone, point. Someone's guarding you. So what? Find the matchup that works and score anyway. It's the whole point of the pick and roll to find somebody who's not guarding you. You're saying make open shots. Well, they're not open when somebody's guarding you. No, I, no you want to take good shots, but it's how often do you get a shot where there's nobody in the area code? How contradictory are you going to get here? What do you mean? Well, well I mean, take good shots, but... You know, you should be making shots when they're guarding you. Well, usually like, they that's are guarding not you. The, that's <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, can we agree that we don't want to see them play Houston? No, in the first I think round we do again? agree. Or on do that, we agree yeah. on that? Yes, we? we do. I mean, regardless of the matchup, I just I've seen that movie. <laughs> And we know how it is. And I don't want to see it again. I, I I wouldn't guarantee that the Jazz would lose to the Rockets, per se. Maybe they figure out a way to take advantage of the switching defense or take advantage of Rudy's size or whatever. I mean, that's the well, coach's job after all. But, I mean, it's as far as challenges go, that's been a significant one for this club. I think the Rockets are more vulnerable this year than they have been in the past. And uh, See, I think they might be less vulnerable this year. Really, You're really that big of a fan of what they're doing there, huh? I don't know about I, I have fan. yet to be completely convinced. But you're making Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has been somewhat masquerading as a superstar for a while now, and you found a way to make him into an actual superstar, and I find that intriguing. However, the playing a team over and over and over again in the playoffs does a team game plan that away. Are, are, okay, let me back up there. You were saying that Russell Westbrook is not a star? Um. Let me say that for the last several years, I think Russell Westbrook has been getting more credit than he deserves. Because Several would be three. You really think that? Based on his performances? I mean, we've seen it personally, them go one and done against the Utah Jazz. Well, the, the Rockets playoffs. are letting Russ be Russ now. No, see, They're the thing turning is, him loose. Well, it's really smart because part of the thing that was holding Russ back was he was taking the zillion threes and had no shame. Yeah. And was, he stinks at it. And so he was actually a detriment to his team when he was doing that as opposed to being, you know, this helpful volume scorer, I guess. But right now, Russell Westbrook is their center. I mean, that it's the reason the Jazz are guarding Russell Westbrook with Rudy because their whole point is get everybody out of the lane and just let Russell Westbrook be a surgeon. There's one thing he can do is beat his guy. Yeah, he's and, more athletic than anybody you're going to put on him. And finish at the rim. So if you get everybody, Rudy included, away from the rim, Russell Westbrook has turned into an efficient player somehow. A guy who's never been efficient <laughs> is now an efficient player because he's basically the center offensively. And it is pretty brilliant. But will it work in a playoff series against the same team over and over? That's, that's the one thing I don't know. Yeah, and what you're saying is you don't want to find out against the Jazz. Well, because they haven't they haven't tackled it. I mean, because fundamentally, Houston is actually not all that different. They just take out some of the pick-and-roll stuff with Capella, and they switch even more defensively, which is actually bad for the Jazz. But so, see, when Capella was there, he caused the Jazz a lot of problems. He caused Rudy some problems, that, and that problem shouldn't be there. But was it, it him or the, the scheme? Degree. I thought it was him, but that's what I thought. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ball didn't go in the hoop.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We were just talking about this off the air. Peyton Manning, apparently, according to reports, ESPN may offer him 18 to $20 million a year to take over in the booth uh, for Monday Night Football. There was also a report that ESPN's trying to trade for Al Michaels. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, we know that Tony Romo earlier in the week signed a $17 million deal to say, stay with CBS. And we were kind of arguing off the air, how much does the the analyst, when it comes to you consuming sports, or even play-by-play analyst, even that role, how much does it matter? It matters to me, especially if I'm watching a game by myself. If I'm with a group of people, it's less important because people are talking and carrying on and whatnot. But when I'm watching a game, trying to just by myself, trying to study what's going on, I, I, I hear what they say. I, I know, like like PK likes to downplay how much it matters. It matters to me a lot. I think it can totally make a difference, especially if I'm not invested in the game. If I'm just sitting down on a Sunday watching a game, watching an NFL game, I think the announcers matter. the The analysis that you get in the moment makes a big difference. What, I think. So, do you like the information that you're that's being dispensed to you, or do you like just liking a guy or whoever's doing it uh, who they entertain you? Uh, or you, you, from past experience, you you like the way they handle the broadcast. What what is it you're looking for from the guys? Well, I think styles can vary greatly. So let me put it that way, because I don't think there's just one right way to do it. But like, let me use Bill Walton as an example. All right, because <laughs> okay. sometimes I think Bill Walton is hilarious and really actually adds to the broadcast because I'm smiling uh-huh. and I'm actually more engaged with the broadcast because of some crazy something or other that he's going through. But then there are other times during the broadcast where I'm going, Bill, get to the point. Yeah, pay that was that was a huge on. play that just happened. Tell me about that pick and roll or mm-hmm. how did he get that block shot or explain to me why that's a foul. I mean, there's so he's like the the epitome of extremes on both sides. Right. So I do think you can get away with injecting some entertainment and kind of being fun. But I also want to know what's happening. Because that's the advantage of watching it on TV as opposed to in person, right? You get a more in-depth look at it. I want to, I want you to explain to me exactly what's going on. And I think that's where Tony Romo comes into it, where he's really good. Yeah. He's really good at when it comes to the explanation part. And predicting what's going to happen Of next. what you're looking at. But, but then explains why. Yeah. He always tells you why. he. Well, this is coming. And then he, after he's right, he goes, well, because I saw this, <laughs> this, and this. And this is how the quarterback saw it. Like, that stuff is really interesting. But how much did you learn from John Madden? I think you learned a ton from John Madden. But John, see, John's presentation style made him brilliant. I mean, you may think just the boom was is simple and kind of dumb. But didn't we all smile when somebody just gets their head taken off and you hear John Madden goes, hey, right here, here's the part where his head is completely removed from his body. Boom! Boom! <laughs> Tough acting tonight. I mean, we, you know what I mean? Who didn't love? Uh, Brett Favre was a football player's football player. Boom, yeah. I mean, John, <laughs> he he not only had the knowledge because he was a coach for so long, but he was so entertaining, and he knew how to communicate with your average NFL football fan. And I think that's the challenge that not all analysts understand, is your job is not to, to tell how smart you are. Your job is to communicate with the viewer. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if, the, if, the, if the quarterback, uh, 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 if he throws the ball and the receiver catches it in the end zone, then that, that's gonna, that's gonna, that, that's gonna, that, that's gonna, that, that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna be a touchdown. <laughs> Eighteen million dollars. Kelly and, uh... Uh, let's see. Jonathan uh, on Twitter says the main reason I don't want BYU back in the Mountain West Conference is because I'd have to listen to the CBS Sports Network. They are the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes you get some commentators. Like I think a lot of fans out there get commentators or get frustrated with commentators that don't know what they're watching. And I think or sometimes don't know the personnel involved. Or... I mean, sometimes for, I, I try to be a little a little generous on the personnel, especially when it comes to football in this state, because one, there are an, a lot of players, period. But there are a lot of names that aren't the easiest in the world. Oh, that's but true. but when you have an announcer saying Covey, another mm-hmm. another reception by Covey. I think that rubs people the wrong way. Or the BYU Tigers. But it doesn't, yeah, the BYU Tigers. It doesn't necessarily like, mean that the the uh, the commentator doesn't know what he's talking about. He just doesn't know how to pronounce the name. I mean, he might know football, but the people who are watching that game oftentimes are very very informed about a lot of things about their team. It's their team, and they want to see that team treated. Uh, the way it should be, and they want to. Uh, I think they want to learn even more, which is a tough or tall order for anybody who is trying to outsmart uh, fans of Utah or BYU because they're all over it so much of the time. I would warn ESPN about this if they cared what I'd say, <laughs> just because he's Peyton Manning. We've always been does, dogging. No, Peyton no, no, but it, he, maybe he's great. But just because he's Peyton Manning doesn't automatically mean he'd be a great analyst. Even though he makes good commercials and he seems to be well spoken, and uh, nobody he's one of the best w- would accuse him of being around. yeah, but actor, analyst, and actor are definitely but, but different. But people automatically assume he obviously knows the game. You know, he I'm, does know the game. Yeah, but how many people so, out there know the game better than Chris Collinsworth? But yet, I mean, he's been on top of the network for how many years now? <laughs> Because there's way more to it than that. I guess that's my point. Okay. Just because he's Peyton Manning doesn't yeah. automatically mean he's going to be great at being an analyst. But somebody must have been impressed by the way he expresses and communicates, his, uh, you know, knowledge. And I, I think he'd be pretty good. That would be, that, that would be my guess. See, you have no idea if he'd be good or not. Just like they don't. <laughs> well, they're offered nineteen million. That's a lot. They must have a pretty good idea. Or is it because his name is Peyton Manning? No, it's more than that. Is it? You would think. Uh, all right. Joining us now in studio, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And uh, here to help our listeners with uh, something that a lot of folks out there are dealing with, and that's erectile dysfunction. Yes, uh, so many guys struggling with ED. And, and today we've spent the last couple hours reading through the clinical studies and the science behind uh, this technology, the acoustic wave therapy. We have two different kinds of technology, uh, FDA cleared to regrow blood vessels. Um, and think about that you know if you have if you're out there listening and you have ED what do you really need more of you need more blood flow um, that's what ED is it's a lack of blood flow the medication temporarily dilates blood vessels so you can sometimes get a little bit of relief from that um, but what it can't do is offer a long-term fix and regrow blood vessels so that things work naturally like they should in the bedroom uh, that's exactly what our treatments do 
See, I would think the lasting effect of the treatment would be a, a, a big selling point where you yeah. don't have to constantly deal with it. Yeah. Oh, guys want the spontaneity. When the timing right. is right with your partner, your spouse, you want things to work. This is the only thing that does that, as far as I know, where you, you don't have to do it pre-planned. Um, we just read a study in, in uh, about a half hour ago about 36 months after a guy had been through the treatments, 92% were still satisfied. Wow. That, that's that's pretty big in the medical world, three years and beyond. What kind of feedback are you getting from the partners? The the partners uh, are the really the ones to ask about the success, and uh, we hear very positive things. In fact, guys bring in their spouses way more than you think, and they come in and they you know we ask them how the treatments are going, and very happy. Hundred and two year old guy in with his spouse the other day. Wow, hundred and two. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, eight zero one nine zero one eight thousand is the number to call. Eight zero one nine zero one eight thousand. Get on the schedule. Tell me you're a listener from the zone, and you guys are going to do a free consultation. We are. Medical doctor will see you totally free. Do a screening, an analysis. Uh, likely be able to tell you why you have ED. By the way, and so many guys are wondering. What? Why is this happening to me? What have I done? Um, he can probably tell you. He can also tell you if you are a good fit for the treatments before you start. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Andrew, thank you very much. Thanks so much, guys. All right, we'll have more Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And man, it feels like this week has gone by fast, Gordo. It's tomorrow's Friday already. We've seen a lot of each other this week, you know, between doing the shows and doing uh, pre-half and post for jazz game. I, we, we've been uh, burning it pretty good. Those jazz games are pretty fun, huh? You hang around, watch the game, chat about it. It's a pretty good gig. Yeah, we ate a little something at halftime. We did. Yeah, things. Uh, it's not bad. Actually, it wasn't at halftime because we were talking at halftime, but we worked some food into the equation. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Didn't have any donuts, though, Austin. But, you know, Austin, no Maybe kidding. you didn't. Have you seen that <laughs> that uh, advertisement that uh, the KFC is running during the Jazz games yes. with the, the donut uh, chicken, chicken sandwich? sandwich. Uh, uh, Gordon was basically just cracking Austin joke after Austin no, joke I not last night. Oh, I mean, I, was... oh, the only time I brought it up, I said, hey, Jake, does that look good to you? Mm-hmm. That's all I Because I seem to remember I didn't saying say, something I like, didn't say, hey, do you oh, think Austin bet, would like that? I bet Austin has one of those right now. <laughs> I would eat the chicken and I would eat the donut. I'm not going to eat a donut chicken sandwich, though. I don't. How do you eat that, by the way? Because you got one the, bite at a time. You got, <laughs> you got the the two big donuts on each side. You got to scrunch it down. Yes. <laughs> I, oh, I'm just impressed that KFC's like, yeah, we're not even trying anymore. This is what we got for you. Whatever you can dream up, we'll make it. We'll put it on the menu. You you take your your life into your own hands. I, I get it though because they're they're taking you know the whole chicken and waffles thing, the sweet and the savory. Sure. Why it's a it's such a good combo. I get where their mind's at. It just is. I, well, I I love glazed donuts, and I like chicken. So why wouldn't I like chicken with glazed donuts? Uh, because I like orange juice and I like nachos, but I don't make <laughs> orange juice nachos. <laughs> How would you do that exactly? That would make them soggy. I, you know, you can do it. All right. Well, and this was a random spot. Uh, coming up next, <laughs> Utah State basketball. I got a powerful appetite all of a sudden. You know? For nacho orange juice? No, for some glazed donuts. Stay tuned. Austin, you got any extras? 
No. Have we met? Utah State takes on New Mexico coming up next. It's do or die for the Aggies. They win tonight. Their NCAA tournament chances are still alive. They lose? Probably not likely. So this is a big game coming up next. Watch for Sam Merrill to go off on this one. Well, they need him. Mm -hmm. And it would be a real disappointment. I mean, we talked a lot about uh, adjusting expectations for the Jazz and how that's gone this year. Well, Utah State, certainly expectations were to get back to the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, tonight is a huge, huge game against the Jordans. Against the very very same team that beat them. Uh, Just a stone's throw ago. Try not to smile so much when you say that. What? We all know you're in the bag for the Lobos. It's fine. You don't when need have to, I ever demonstrated to, that? When have I ever to play shown like, oh, any... you know, oh, it it went that way last time. Go Lobos! Just remember oh. what happened last time they played. My mighty Lobos took them down, no problem. <laughs> I don't even like Albuquerque. I haven't spent that much time there. I've been there a number of times, but uh, don't really know. But I'm not a Lobo fan. You have been for a while. <laughs> Go Lobos! When did I say that? You don't why need to, did I say that? You don't need to hide it anymore, Gordon. It's okay. <laughs> we understand. You love the Lobos. It's fine. But Utah State needs to beat them tonight. Yeah. If I'm moving, to, I'm moving to New Mexico, I'd probably go to the Santa Fe area. That's right. Well, you can be a Lobo fan from wherever you want, as you've proven the before. Santa Fe area. That's right. <laughs> That's where Chester would go. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Utah State basketball coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.